Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. We'll be looking at verses 9 through 14. Today we're going to be looking at the problem with the I. Not I as in E-Y-E, but I as in just the letter I. Because pride is a problem in the lives of all people. Regardless, we all have our moments where we get lifted up in pride. Where humility leaves us. But, you know, there are times where pride is okay... And it doesn't lead to sin, and then there's times where pride does lead to sin. For instance, if we accomplish something really good that was really hard, say we pass a test or, or we finish reading a very long book, we sort of take pride in that accomplishment. It's okay to take pride in accomplishments. But... The problem with pride arises when it comes between you and God. When you get lifted up so much that you start trusting in yourselves instead of trusting in God. Where you get lifted up so much in pride that you become arrogant and you think you're better than God. Where pride makes you think you're better than other people. Leading us to trust in ourselves and to despise others. And today we're going to look at the problem with the I in regards to prayer. Again, if you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 18 and we'll be looking at verses 9 through 14. It's written, he spake also this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were just and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, O God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithe of all that ever I possess. But the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote his breast, saying, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man departed to his house justified rather than the other. For every man that exalteth himself shall be brought low, And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us, a day where we could just come and worship together. And Lord, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, I just thank you for this parable, a parable that we can just take and apply into our life, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you would just illuminate your word Help us just to learn from it and help us just to apply it to our life. 
And Lord, again, I just lift up those that could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, those that may be traveling. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. If there's anyone here today, Lord, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision today, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Lord, I just pray that you would be with me and give me the words to say and just hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And just bind down Satan, Lord, and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. When we look at this passage of Scripture, Christ is giving us direction in what I would call the acceptable virtues of prayer, what the virtues that are necessary for prayer, if you will. Now, Calvin once wrote that the believer must come into the presence of God in a state of humility and shame. Basically having humility and a contrite heart. Being sorry for sin, being ashamed of sin. And I think that this is what we see in this parable. Christ is giving us a lesson in these virtues. How we are to approach God in prayer. And when we look at the... When we look at humility and shame, approaching God in humility and shame, that's the direct opposite of what he's speaking against. You know, he's speaking against praying in pride, being arrogant. So humility and shame is like the direct opposite of that. And if you think about it, no disease is worse in the hearts and minds of people than pride and arrogance. Because pride will lead to sin. If you think about all the sin that we see mentioned in the Bible, and then all the sin that we've ever committed in our life, it starts with pride. How did Satan attack Adam and Eve? He attacked their pride. You'll be as God. Doing good and evil. When we see David fall into sin, it was his pride that got the better of him. He thought he could do anything he wanted because he was the king. No disease is worse in the hearts and lives of people than pride and arrogance. And all we have to do is look at the pretty much fall of Lucifer. What led to Satan's fall? If you remember back in in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, you see Lucifer 
get lifted up in pride because of his beauty. And what happens? He gives four I wills, the four I's. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. But everything that he did was prideful and sinful and rebellion against God. It was evil. But if you look at verse 13 in Isaiah 14, what does it say? It says that he said those things in his heart. Because that's where it begins. That's where pride begins in the heart where sin begins in the heart. Our heart turns against God. He was lifted in pride and rebelled against God. Pride and arrogance, a lack of humility, leads to sin and rebellion. It leads to sin and rebellion. But it also leads us to trust in ourselves rather than God. It leads us to believe we're better than others because we're trusting in ourselves, we're doing all of these things. I'm better than everybody else. I'm not as bad as this person over here. And that's what Christ says. He says that that parable was spoken against those who trusted in themselves for justification and despised others. Look at verse 9. When we look at how he says that these people were trusting in themselves, they were prideful. They were trusting in their own works. Their own merits. Rather than God. And they were trusting in their own works, their own merits, you could even say their own goodness rather than God, and they were trusting in these things to save them. And then it says they despised others because that pride led to arrogance. It led to arrogance, and they thought that they were better than everyone else. They thought that their good works and, and what they were doing made them better than Everybody else. But what we also see in this parable is a contrast. A comparison also between the publican and the Pharisee. How they acted when they came to God in prayer. What do we know about publicans? in the Bible, they were tax collectors. They were the tax collectors for the Romans. And they were hated by the people. I mean, they were absolutely hated by the people because they worked for the Romans. Remember, the Romans had conquered Israel. They had conquered that area. And here you have these Jews working for the Romans, collecting taxes, but they also did something else. Whenever they were collecting taxes, they would cheat the people. Remember Zacchaeus, the wee little man, how did he get so rich? He cheated the people. He was a tax collector. 
And the Romans didn't really care if they did that. As long as it wasn't blatant. And as long as the Romans got their taxes and they got their tribute from the people, they didn't care what the tax collectors did. But they were hated because they worked for the Romans. They cheated the people. And they got wealthy through theft. Through cheating the people. Through taking more in taxes than they were owed to collect. But then think about the Pharisee. The Pharisees were the religious leaders in the synagogue. They were the teachers from the synagogues. They were the rabbis. They were religious. They were supposed to be holy. They were supposed to follow the law. The people loved them. The people respected them. And when we look at what they would do, they would regularly fast. On Mondays and Thursdays, they would fast. And then they would tithe everything that they owned. Any income they had, they would tithe, but they would also tithe their property as well. They would tithe from that. And what we see in this parable is a publican and a Pharisee go to the temple to have prayer. And when we look at the Pharisee's prayer, this is where we see the ah, the pride, the problem. Look at what he says. The Pharisee stood and prayed, now notice this, thus with himself. That's going to be very important. He prayed thus with himself. O oh God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican, I fast twice in the week, I give tithe of all that ever I possess. Think about that prayer. In Matthew 23, 5, Jesus said that the deeds of the Pharisees were, were done so people would see them. I believe when this Pharisee was praying, he was praying out loud so people could hear how good he was. And Jesus said the Pharisees liked that. They liked to have the chief places. They liked people to call them rabbi. They liked people to see how good they were. But Jesus also says that they were whitewashed walls. They were clean on the outside but filthy on the inside. Think about this prayer that he is praying here. It is not a prayer of love. It is not a prayer asking for forgiveness. Basically, he is just saying how good he is. And he's saying it so others would hear him. He lists all his accomplishments. That's all he does. He had a problem with the eye. I thank God I am not as other men. And then he starts to list all of these different things, but he is lifted in pride. He's arrogant. 
And he despises other people. And we can see this in what he says. He's trusting in his good works. His merits. The merit of his work. And the way he talks, it's like he thinks God owes him something because of what he's doing. All of his works. But he prayed thus with himself. The prayer just hit the roof of the building and didn't go any further. God did not acknowledge the prayer. God was mentioned in the prayer, but he was not praying to God. All he was doing was showing how prideful he was, praying within himself. He was lifted in pride and he was arrogant. Listing all that he did, the merits of his works. Acting like God owed him something because of how good he was. Trusting in himself. But his prayer went nowhere. Why? He was looking for the praise of others instead of acknowledging his sin and and asking for forgiveness from God. He was looking for praise. He thought his works were enough. Yeah, if you think about it, he wanted to be seen as well. He wanted people to hear the prayer. And what does Jesus tell us? He has his reward. He has his reward in the praise of men. Yet, if you think about it, he was someone who was supposed to know the law. He was someone that was supposed to know the prophets. He should have known exactly what Isaiah says in Isaiah 64, 6, that our righteousness is like a filthy rag. He should have known his good works would get him nowhere with God because all God sees is his sin and a need for forgiveness. Thus, when he leaves the temple, what does Jesus say? The other person was justified, but not him. When he leaves the temple, he's in the same shape that he was in when he entered the temple. Because God did not acknowledge his prayer. Because he was prideful, arrogant. But think about the publican, for instance, for now. And what does it say? It says that the publican stood afar off when he prayed. He stood away from the Pharisee, but when he was away from the Pharisee, as Jason mentioned on Wednesday, he was closer to God. Just to paraphrase what you said. He was closer to God. Because he was there to seek God's forgiveness. He went to the temple with the right motive. He stood afar off 
far from the Pharisee, but closer to God. And it says that when he prayed, look at what he, what he does. It says he doesn't even lift his eyes. He does that out of humility. He does it out of shame for what he's done. But then it also says that he smites his breast. He's basically hitting himself in the chest. What does that mean? It's a sign of deep heartfelt emotion in the Middle East when you hit yourself in the chest like that. Remember just how they would sit in in sackcloth and ashes? They would also hit themselves in the chest. It's a sign of shame, a sign of emotion. But here it's a sign of his shame and repentance to God. Whereas the Pharisee lists his accomplishment and how he was not like the others, all the publican does is ask for mercy. That's all the publican does. He asks for mercy. God be merciful to me, a sinner. Why? Because prayer was all he had. But if you think about it, prayer was all the Pharisee had as well. The Pharisee could have listed all the good works he wanted, but in the end, those works meant nothing. All he had was prayer, and he blew it. Whereas the publican, all he had was prayer, and he asked for mercy, trusting in God. His prayer was honest. He acknowledged he was sinful and needed God's mercy. It was from the heart. That's why he beat his chest. That's why he wouldn't lift lift his eyes up. The publican acknowledges he is guilty. Look at what he says. Be merciful to me, a sinner. He acknowledges his guilt. He acknowledges his guilt. He's convicted. And he throws himself at the mercy of God. Thus, while he's acknowledging his guilt and calling himself a sinner, he's also imploring for pardon. Be merciful. Forgive me, basically is what he's saying. He knew he had done wrong. He knew he was sinful. But he also knew that God would be merciful to him and he's trusting in God's mercy. He's trusting that God will forgive. And as I said, all he had when he went before God was himself and prayer. That's all he had. But that's all any of us ever have when we go before God. We go ourself and all we have is ourself and all we have is prayer when we talk to God. The publican stood afar off from the Pharisee, but he was closer to God. 
And what's the result? His humility, his contrite heart, going before God in that state, Christ says that he was justified. He was forgiven. He was justified. God answered his prayer. It was a humble prayer that sought forgiveness and God honored that prayer because the man came to him in humility asking for forgiveness and mercy. He wasn't lifted up in pride. He knew all he had was God and God's mercy. What about our prayers? What about our attitude when we pray? You know, the Pharisee had a problem with the eye. He was lifted in pride and arrogant. He thought he was better than everybody else. He despised others. He thought that his works could save him. That his works made him just in the eyes of God. And this shows in his prayer. But it also shows in how Christ said he prayed within himself. Because his prayer went nowhere. When we pray, our prayers are to be made in humility and with a contrite heart. As Psalm 51.17 says. When we pray, we're to be humble. God wants us to acknowledge our sins. He wants us to turn from them and repent. He wants us to turn from our sins and turn to him. The Pharisee did not do that, but the publican did. If we're lifted in pride, if we're arrogant, we're not going to humble ourselves before God. We're not going to seek forgiveness. And what happens? We'll be lifted in pride and we'll be thinking we're better than everybody else. Thinking that our works is what saves us. We'll be puffed up. But when you look at the prayer of the publican, Think about what he brings to God. What does he bring with him? Think about that. What did he bring with him? All he had, as I've said, was himself. He couldn't bring anything else other than himself when he went before God. All he had was prayer, no works. He had prayer but no works. And what do we know about him? He was imperfect. He was sinful. And he prayed for mercy. And he had faith that God would hear his prayer. When he was miserable and lost, he had faith God would hear his prayer. 
And as a result, he flees to the mercy of God. Throws himself on the mercy of God. Even though he knows he did not deserve mercy. But he asked God for mercy. He has faith in God and trusts God will hear and respond to his prayer. And he was justified because he had obtained God's grace, God's mercy, and God's forgiveness when he sought it. Trusting in God. Our prayers need to be the same. Not lifted in pride, but humble. Not arrogant, but contrite. Because all we have when we go to pray is God. We go to God with nothing but ourselves. All we have is God. To turn to. Prayers that are prayed in faith, humble, contrite, trusting in God and not in ourselves. A prayer that does not have trouble with ah. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we could just come today. That we're here, Lord, and that we can just come today and, and just seek your will and guidance. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. Lord, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here today and you need to make any decision, come as we sing. Number three.